Are you confused about real food and what's healthy and good for the planet? Do you need the facts about local, organic, and sustainable food? Well, get ready to change the way you eat. Get ready for The Appropriate Omnivore with Aaron Zober. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Appropriate Omnivore. I'm your host, Aaron Zober. The Appropriate Omnivore is all about sustainability in food, choosing products which are organic, pasture-raised, and minimally processed. But reducing food waste is also a major part of sustainability. It's important to buy products that come in minimal packaging, and it's best to serve them with items that can be reused. But how about items which, instead of washing or throwing away, you can eat? Here to talk with me today about that is Dinesh of Incredible, which makes edible spoons. Dinesh, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks, Aaron, for bringing me in here. It's a pleasure to have you talk with us because typically, like I said, our focus on this show has been about organic, sustainable food, but also what you serve the food with, that's important too. And I'm glad that we have the chance to discuss this. Yes, I agree with you on that. We need to understand how we eat the food as well, not just what the food is and how it's and how it's creating an impact. And how did you get the idea to start Incredible in the first place? There are two things which came together for us to start this business of ours. One, I realized that for just spending 10 minutes of eating an ice cream or a yogurt, we are actually using a plastic spoon. It's just going to be thrown away and it's going to be in the nature for thousands of years. And the second, after our kids are born, I realized what's the point of me securing their finances if they're not going to enjoy the nature like we do. So the single-use plastic is one of the biggest threats apart from climate change. And we decided that we need to secure our kids' future. And hence, we started Incredible. What ingredients did you end up making the spoons out of? The spoons are made of non-GM whole grains, including wheat, oat, brown rice, chickpea, and corn. And these are the base ingredients. And depending on the flavor of the spoon, we add only natural flavors to it. In addition to adding natural flavors, do you use any local, organic, and sustainable sourcing of the wheat, corn, and chickpeas? Yes, they are definitely local, but we are finding it hard to make it organic certified because actually India is a non-GM country, and we source the ingredients there near our facility in India. And in order to trace each and every farmer that produces these grains, it's going to be tough for us. So we can't claim it as organic, but we are close to organic as much as we can. Close to organic, meaning not using pesticides and sprays on the foods. Yes. The challenge there is it's very hard to trace each and every farmer. So we are trying to measure the pesticide content and the flour that we get, but it's not certified because the certification needs to come from the farmers directly. So that's the challenge that we have. We can't claim it to be organic, even though it is organic as per the pesticide level within the flower. This is getting kind of into the politics of organic because there's the concept of organic, but then there's the whole thing of... Yeah, I agree with you on that. I'm sure in India, like in the US, there's a whole government certification of what they require of everything that the farmers have to do as far as like removing things from the ground before they start growing it and the whole criteria of things. And even in organic certification, they allow certain pesticides to be used, these organic pesticides. So organic certification doesn't necessarily mean the best if you go to a lot of local farmers farmers markets, a lot of times their practices are better than what's really certified as organic. Yes, I agree with you on that. You're saying the other ingredients depend on the flavors. So what are the different flavors that the spoons come in? The spoons come in two sweet flavors, chocolate and vanilla, and about 
four savory flavors. We have a plain spoon with just a salt on it. And we also have masala, oregano chili, and black pepper. And all our savory flavors are 100% natural in the sense we literally dry out our flavor profiles like black pepper. We just roast them and grind them and put them in the spoon. So we do it ourselves. So it's as close as it can get to the nature. And with both sweet and savory flavors, I take it that these spoons, would you say they can be pretty much used with any kind of meal? Yeah, typically our spoons hold strong for up to 20 minutes in hot soups or any other hot bowls like a rice bowl or any other health bowls. And on a sweet spoons, the shorter, the smaller sweet spoons actually stay firm for up to like one hour in an ice cream, acai bowl or yogurt or anything. So they are pretty strong and they can replace a single use plastic without any breakage. Do you have any specific foods that you recommend with each? Any kind of favored pairings? My favorite is basically a chocolate spoon with any vanilla ice cream. So it goes against the flavor profile mm. or the vanilla spoon with any kind of chocolate ice cream. On the soup side, I love eating my oregano chili spoon with the tomato bisque soup. So I'm a vegetarian by birth. So I, I like tomato soup with oregano chili spoon. And are you looking at expanding into any other flavors you think in the future? Yes. Right now, the flavors are very minimal. But as the demand grows, we might introduce a few more sweeter flavors like like caramel or banana, strawberry. We are doing a research and development on improving the flavor profile. The biggest challenge is the flavor, right? So we don't want to go artificial. So in order to find that natural flavor component, uh, which is not too expensive either, because just we are fighting with plastic, right? Plastic is super cheap and this is food product. I can't make it that cheap. So it's just the right balance between the cost as well as the natural part of it. Right. And I imagine as your new company, you would want to just introduce the ones that you think would be the most popular. And yes, as it grows then give a little more niche flavors that some people will like. And by the way, just for the audience's perspective, it's very easy to include a flavor as long as the cost is taken care of, but it's going to be hard to change the shape of the spoon because that needs uh, redesigning our molds that we need to. Now that makes sense because it's different ingredients based on the flavor. Yes. Have you also thought of for some people that want to just draw more attention to the food making a spoon is kind of light on flavor so you can taste more of the food? Yes, all our spoons actually are very light on the flavor. You only feel the taste when you bite into it. So the flavor is mostly inside the spoon, not on the top of the spoon. And we also have a plain spoon, which doesn't have any flavor, but it has a little bit of salt on it to make it a little palatable. But sometimes people are okay with it. Sometimes some, some people are like, no, I just has too much salt on it. It depends on the people, but most of our caterers, they prefer the plain spoon because that doesn't disturb their food product that they're serving with. I would actually be okay with the amount of salt in the plain spoon because I often say, think of the saltiest thing you've ever eaten. I bet it's not salty enough for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's not too much. It's just a little bit salty. It might not go well with very sweet dessert. People might find it a little salty, but otherwise it's okay. I guess it depends how much salt you can handle. I like to put salt in desserts such as cookies. That's good to know. And as a Weston A. Price Foundation chapter co-leader, we advocate putting more salt in our diets. The argument is that we're not getting enough salt. As explained on an earlier podcast, all of our food used to grow underwater. So we need to incorporate more salt as food isn't being grown in salt water anymore. So I praise you for making a spoon which provides more salt in a person's diet. That's another benefit of Incredible. In addition to expanding the flavors, are you also looking at making other utensils? Yes. Right now we are sampling and working with edible straws and edible sporks as an alternative to plastic straws and plastic forks. But we are very early in the stages. We have samples and obviously we are actually raising investment to expand our facility to produce them going forward. And in the near future, we'll be working on edible chopsticks, edible cups, 
and if needed, edible coffee stirrers and other edible cutlery shapes. So we have the technology. In fact, we are engineers by background. So we invented the machinery which can make the product and we can do any shape that's custom requirement as long as the minimum order quantity is met. Wow, that's a lot of interesting ones you're working on developing. With edible coffee stirrers, is that an issue at all of making them that they'll be able to withstand the hot coffee? Yeah, we already have a few samples and they are working fine for up to like, say, 10 minutes that you can stir. Oh, that's good. But I don't think people would stir for that much time. It's like a hard biscotti, right? Good point. Yeah, you just want to drink the coffee. <laughs> yes, we are also trying to intend to be a side snack with the coffee. So you can actually stir the stick and eat the stick after that, So which gives you a, a small tiny snack beside your coffee. But again, the problem with the coffee stirrer that we faced initially was cost because the plastic sticks are super cheap. So you can't like really put this in the market saying that, hey, use this edible stick. But again, I'm giving you for like three to four cents per stick. So that's actually our biggest challenge because people are looking at the cost, even though they want to be eco-friendly or environment conscious. In the end, it, it comes down to the cost of the product. And with a coffee stirrer, have you thought of making a coffee? coffee flavored product? Yes, it is doable. But again, the problem is natural coffee flavor is the concern. The problem is natural flavors is it's not too flavorful in the sense we have to put a lot of the substance to it. Right. But again, that defeats the purpose of us using grains. So it's a trick not using artificial flavors versus natural flavors. Right. And you were also talking about an edible straw, which that I could see having a lot of demand because I know in California, they're actually making a requirement that you have to request a straw at restaurants. And I would imagine that there'll be a lot of demand for that because I know that straws have been recently singled out as one of the most wasteful products. Yes, definitely. We foresee a huge demand for edible straws. We have not put them on a website yet because, as I mentioned, the production facility is still being built for the straws. So once it's built and once it's up to scale, then we can actually put it forward to the rest of the people. So right now, our capacity for making our spoons is like 50,000 a day. So we have decent capacity to make the edible spoons. So we want to scale up on the edible straws as well, and then we introduce it to the market. And you're right, a lot of states within the U.S. as well as outside the U.S., a few, a few of the countries have almost completely banned single-use plastic straws. So there's a good market to it. And people might say we have paper straws, but there's a lot of negative feedback on paper straws, unfortunately, because it leaves some aftertaste to your drink. So we aim to overcome that by making an edible straw. Right. Now, there's a couple issues with paper straws. I guess kind of question how well they work, I would think, with them getting wet. And then also, as far as even though they're made of paper, you throw them out. And I'd imagine that they would also have to use some other material that's not paper in order to make them. Yes. For instance, you talked about cups, and that's another one which is a great idea because the thing with paper cups that a lot of people don't realize is that they actually still use some oil. It's less than a plastic cup. I guess that's better, but paper cups typically are not 100% recyclable or biodegradable. Yes, they have a lining of PLA or PET-based lining to all these cups to make them heat resistant. We do understand that, but again, as you mentioned, right, they are a better alternative right now for plastic, but not the best alternative. I agree with you on that. Right. For the straws and the cups. And a lot of the straws has to do with restaurants. They always give you a straw when you go there, and so they've changed it in some states where you have to request a straw they may not provide straws at all. And my question to you is, is your focus more to consumers or to businesses with your products? Our focus is basically the businesses. When we started this back in February of 2019, our only focus was B2B. We approached a lot of ice cream shops, even the large chain ice cream shops. We had very good interest with a lot of them and also caterers and also co-packaging companies. Like for example, if you're eating your cup noodles, right? I don't want a plastic fork in it. I want a plastic spork in it. So edible spork in it. 
So we approached a lot of B2B side of it, but unfortunately due to COVID starting this March of 2020, there's been a pause because a lot of these shops have paused the sales of edible cutlery from us. And hence, we got an opportunity to explore the B2C segment. The B2C segment, we are actually aiming for people who wants to make their next picnic or hike or a party as best as possible because they can surprise their customers with edible cutlery as well as reduce the single-use plastic consumption there. So that's why we decided, and a lot of people approached us, in fact, like after the COVID, after March, in around July, we have tons of requests on our website and our website traffic grew really exponential and that gave us confidence that we need to switch into B2C and we switched to B2C and now we have our product available on Amazon and it will be available on our website in a couple of weeks from now. Well, I can see how certainly with COVID working with businesses because it's mostly takeout now and there's less businesses open. On the other hand, something that I think with COVID, which could actually be a benefit to your product is... With COVID, a lot of people don't want to touch silverware that other people have used. So do you think that this pandemic could actually, in some ways, raise demand for your product? I have not seen that, to be frank, in the sense I have not seen that happen to our side because the people are, at least the businesses are more careful thinking that, hey, this is an edible spoon. If you're going to touch something that's edible, then if you're going to eat it, then it's more risky than having a single-use plastic spoon. So I, I don't know. It went the other way around. I expected it to be better for us. But one silver lining is that a lot of awareness has actually grown. A lot of people have started thinking about nature because now I feel that nature kind of punished us now and people started being more aware of the climate change, being more aware of the plastic pollution. So that's a silver lining. Once we are out of this, I'm pretty sure the demand will be very, very high. But as of now, even for takeouts, it's very hard for me to convince them to put an edible spoon instead of your plastic spoon. And actually, to be frank, I'm more interested if they don't give me anything, because if I'm taking that home, I have my stainless steel reusable cutlery. I would prefer using that instead of using an edible spoon. Right. So I'm not really pitching to takeout section because I prefer if people just use their own cutlery. Right. That does make the most sense. Because uh, <laughs> with me, I've been doing takeout and actually they don't even ask. Maybe I should start requesting to tell them not to put any plastic spoons. So basically, yeah, when I do takeout, I then go in and get a real fork or a real spoon to eat with my food. And I have just this collection of plastic spoons and also collection of a lot of napkins because they always give so many napkins that I joke that when I do takeout, I pay $20 for napkins and they give me a free meal with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. People should start realizing that if it's, especially during COVID, most of the stakeout is going to your own home and they don't really need to provide napkins and cutlery. Or at least the consumers need to make a conscious choice when they're ordering the food, asking them not to put any cutlery or napkins. That would be the best. So I can understand how with the pandemic and being more takeout, I had mentioned it has a lot to do just with cost because it's cheaper to provide the plastic spoons with, with the takeout meals than with your product. Yes, that's also another challenge. And I can see also, because I was saying, oh, I thought your product would have an advantage that people would like them because they don't have to worry about silver with other people being touched. But then when you're doing takeout, that's really not much of a concern. Yes, that's true. And by the way, our product comes individually wrapped or not, but if we have choice. So the individual wrap is just paper. So we don't like it, but some people demand for an individual wrapper so we have made it as close to paper as possible do you sell the product single or does it come in a bundle on the retail side we have a box of 20 spoons if it's large spoon or 30 spoons if it's a small spoon and all the packaging is made from fse and rainforest alliance certified pulp so we try to be careful as much as we can and on the bulk side we have a box which comes with either 100 spoons which are individually wrapped or 200 spoons which are not wrapped which are in bulk 
So you have options to choose from if it's a business versus a retail consumer. And once these are purchased, what's the shelf life for them? The shelf life tends to be about 12 months if it's stored in a cool and dry place. So they're very susceptible to humidity. If it's too humid, then they tend to get softer. Only the sweeter ones, the savory ones are okay. And if it turns soft, the solution is just put it in the freezer for like 10 minutes before you consume them. Then it's fine. They regain the strength. Oh, that's good. Yeah, when I think that actually if you put them in the freezer, I imagine like eating with ice cream probably tastes good if it's a little cold. You don't want it too warm. Yes. Especially someone like me who I like my ice cream super frozen. Uh Uh-huh. Got it. And by the way, that's what I'm trying to say. If it's going with an ice cream, yeah. Putting in the freezer, it'll actually increase the shelf life too. And can they be refrigerated? Yes, it can be. But again, you can't refrigerate it and put it outside again, put it back in. So it all depends on the humidity because it's okay as long as it's in the refrigerator. But you can't keep it out and then uh, expect it to be strong after like two, three days. You can take it out if you're consuming it, but if you're taking it out and then putting it back in, then it might not work. Oh, okay. So only put in as much in the refrigerator as you need for the meal. Yes. But it's not a compulsion because if you're in LA or in LA, except for Hawaii, we have not faced any issues with the softness. Only in Hawaii, we face this issue with softness because it's very humid there. And the rest of the places, we did not get a single complaint about making the spoon turning soft because of humidity. And so you were talking earlier about how you had some businesses, ice cream shops that were using your product. What were some of the places? In Bay Area, we have Smitten Ice Creams. They have our product in Los Angeles, this ice cream shop called Musty Malone. So just a few, there are ice cream shops across the US and we are already working with a huge premium ice cream chain brand. And at least we started working before the COVID hit and because of COVID, they put a pause on it. So they have like 300 stores across the U.S. It's a premium ice cream chain brand. So do you see ice cream as probably your target market? Initially, yes, but we also fit well with soups. But fortunately, most of the soup places have stainless steel cutlery. So I don't want to replace that. But if there are any takeouts with respect to the soup shop or if there are any soup shops, at least in the airports or something like that, we want them to use the edible spoon instead of a plastic spoon. And also our other market segment is basically events and gatherings like theme parks, concerts, and any large place, right? Even games, even football games or any other games. That would be great for those. So they use a lot of plastic because if you imagine, right, if you go to a football game and if they're serving an ice cream there, if you're using a spoon, they're like at least 600,000 spoons used in just one day and they're in the nature forever after that. So I would really prefer to have our edible spoons or edible straws there because it's also a fun snack while you are watching the game to eat something on. Oh, big time. I'm a big sports fan and I've gone to a lot of football and baseball games and these places, they have this policy of there's no trash cans when you're standing. You can just put them down below your seats. And I always feel bad for the people that have to clean up. So to have them have less cleanup is great. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And it's also, you'll be hungry most of the time, so you can actually have something to eat. It has one gram of protein per spoon, so it's good for you too. Have you looked at making any kind of cup that you could put beer in or something like that? No, not yet. That would be really big at the sports games too. <laughs> That's true. Also, as you're talking about events and you're talking about how now you're getting more toward the consumer, like you said, you're not trying to uh, make people avoid the traditional uh, silverware and cutlery. So would you say that probably on the consumer side, the best use of these is like, for instance, when people are holding big parties and things like that? Yes, definitely. I agree with you. As I mentioned, we are a mission-based company. So we do not want to replace anything that's reusable. I don't want to replace your stainless steel cutlery with this unless you really don't want to wash it. And our major focus is parties, picnics, and hikes. So these are the places where you tend to use single-use plastic or even compostable cutlery. But again, you can't sort the compostable cutlery anywhere when you're in a party. So I prefer you switching to the edible cutlery at, at these situations and these scenarios. 
that would be great for me. Typically with parties, I do use stainless steel silverware. And of course, there's always the risk of something happening to it. Just the whole thing of having to wash at the end. But I'd rather use that because I don't like to use plastic. I think, you know, like I said, as I'm accruing all this plastic from takeout and delivery, I may use that when we have parties again. But eventually that will be gone. And so afterwards, it's either me going back to using stainless steel silverware that I have and having to wash that again. Or now I can use your products. That's the hope. But again, I would really recommend to use reusable as much as you can. But if you can't, then yes, edible cutlery is the way. And as they are available now to consumers, what are some of the places that people can buy your incredible silverware? Right now, they can visit our website. It has a link to Amazon listing. So we are live on Amazon since two months. And for any bulk orders beyond like 20, 30 spoons, you can contact us at our email, which is also available at our website. Or you can email us at sales at planeteerllc.com. And our website is in incrediblespoon.com. And are you working also getting into the supermarket model, brick and mortar supermarkets? Yes, I can't disclose the name yet, but we are working with a chain which has about 600, 700 locations. So the stock is currently on its way to them. So once they have the stock, they will let us know which stores that these products will be available. And only then I can actually announce it in public. I can certainly understand that right now you're not able to reveal which store it will be. But when these products are available in stores, I'll be glad to make some social media posts for appropriate omnivore where you can find them. Definitely. I'll let you know as soon as I have that information. In addition to making silverware, which is edible and you don't have to worry about any waste, are there other ways as a business that Incredible is sustainable? Yes, we are actually a Forex impact-based company. So not just reducing plastic by replacing with edible cutlery, we also plant trees to offset the carbon emissions. Because the product is made in India, it takes some emissions involved due to the shipping and freight. And we calculate them and we plant trees to make ourselves carbon negative. And the third impact is we actually upcycle our factory waste to make biscuits for feeding stray animals and stray dogs back in India. And number four, us, we only employ people who are living under $4 a day to provide some economic justice. So we're like a Forex impact company. So where every spoon that you eat, you're actually making four times the impact than any other product. As the company expands, are you looking at sourcing from some farms in the US? Yes. Our initial goal right now, because of the cost reasons, we're going to put it mostly in India or Asia. But as we grow, as we make it more automated and as the demand grows, we are going to start facility in the Northern America region as well. And once we do, obviously, we would source the products from the local farmers and local places as well. Right. That's certainly understandable. And because I try to buy as much local as I can and the Western A Price Foundation, they actually have what's called the 50-50 pledge. So you buy 50% of your food from local farms and local ranchers. But then the other 50 is you celebrate the small world that we have and there are certain great products that they aren't in the U.S. So it's just a matter of devoting part of your purchase to it, but there are great things that are found outside the U.S. and North America. Yeah, but again, the cost is the main reason, right? I need scale to bring down the cost, and that's when it's possible for me to put it elsewhere. Is there any other news you have about other future developments for Incredible? Yeah, so we are really excited to go back to the normal world and hopes that it goes back to normal and our B2B businesses resume to make their impact by using edible cutlery instead of plastic cutlery. And my only request to the audience is to just pause for a moment before every step that you make. Uh, while you're eating your food or even going taking a takeout or anything and try to reduce as much single-use plastic as much as you can because nature is giving back. Actually, microplastics are already in our food chain, so it's going to get worse if you don't stop consuming plastic anymore. So that's my only request. Are there other companies making similar products to the ones Incredible has? There was a couple of companies in India which tried to make it, but 
their concern is the scale, manufacturing at scale. As I mentioned earlier, we are engineers by background, so we invented the machinery that can make the product rather than making the product itself. So I would confidently say that we are one of the very few, I would say one of the only company which can manufacture at such a large scale of the edible spoons and soon edible straws and edible sporks. Do you see this as the future? Yes, definitely. People are looking for innovative companies. In fact, a research showed that 80% of the people are looking for brands that can help them make a difference. And as I mentioned, we are making four times the difference than any other product. So I don't see any issue that why this would not be a big hit. Me either. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. And when I was approached by one of your representatives about what you do, I was blown away with this idea. Thank you. Appreciate it. So I think that that's good that you guys are the innovators of it. Others may do it, that you guys are the first to successfully put it out. Ice cream shops, soup shops, and you've been the first to be widely distributed in stores. Thank you. I would say that nature has given us some luck. We are very new to the food industry, but we're able to make good progress without even experience in the food industry. And I believe if we are fighting on behalf of the nature, nature will give us opportunities without expectations. Well, you know, I think a lot of companies in the natural product world, people come from different walks of life. A lot of kombucha and sauerkraut companies just come from people making it at home. And I think that that's kind of a nice thing about the natural products world is people coming from all different walks of life, but they have this passion of making the world better. And <laughs> and that's what works about it. I agree with you completely. Completely. And also another thing that I learned from the food industry is they're very, very helpful. I've hardly seen anyone who are declining help or a request. So everyone is so helpful and they really want you to succeed, not just themselves. So that's something which is really rare that I see in other industries. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I think it makes sense if you want to help the world, then you want to help others. And with me as someone who talks to a lot of people of different products, I find that even people making the same kind of product like kombucha makers, they don't see the others necessarily as competition, but they actually like to be friends with each other as they have a very similar mission. Yep, I agree with you on that. I can see that being new to the industry. We're just about out of time, but before we go, let the listeners know where they can find the website to learn more information about Incredible. Yes, you can visit our website, www.incrediblespoon.com. That's incrediblespoon.com. And you can find more information if you would like to purchase a single box or even if you want to place a bulk order feel free to shoot us an email and we'll reply back as soon as we can. Sounds great. It's been a pleasure having you on and I look forward to hearing more about Incredible in the future. Likewise, Aaron, appreciate your opportunity provided. And I'm really looking forward to going this to your audience and making them excited about eating the spoon. Yes, I'm sure that my audience is very excited about seeing more of your products to come. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's all for this episode of The Appropriate Omnivore. Follow me on social media for information on the next episode. And to make sure you never miss any of my podcasts, go to iTunes and subscribe to The Appropriate Omnivore. You can also listen to all of my podcasts on my website, appropriateomnivore.com. There you can find recipes from the guests I interview, plus all my articles covering lifestyles in the world of real food. Until next time, my pantry is officially closed. Mm-hmm.